Well, good day to you at whatever day, whatever time you're listening to this, and welcome to another week of these audio devotions, which I do via podcast, which you can hear on Facebook and also on our church website, BethelFriendsChurch.com. This is Steve Rhodes, and I serve as the pastor at Bethel Friends Church. My aim is to read through the Bible and give a few extra comments, application, exhortations, encouragement, teachings on it. I do aim to keep them brief, five to ten minutes. So if you have questions, comment, ask me questions, and I can explain more. You can find these on your favorite podcast app. If you have an iPhone, you can use a native app called Podcast. You can also use Overcast. That's what I use. Or you can use Downcast, Pocketcast, um, the native podcast app. As I said, on an Android phone, I think Pocketcast works as well as Podcast Addict. But again, they're on BethelFriendsChurch.com. And they're also available on Facebook. We go through the Old Testament one day and the New Testament another. And we're on John chapter 2 now. Let's just get into this. In John's Gospel, I think Eugene Peterson called it a uh, spiritual theology. Spiritual theology. John's Gospel is notably different from the other Gospels. Notably different. In a good way. You know, it was written later. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are called the Synoptic Gospels. A lot of the material is, is, is identical, which they were disciples. Mark likely wrote off of Peter's testimony. John was also a disciple, but the material is written in a different way. Um, John's Gospel was likely written later in the first century, 90 AD. That's still close to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, which is a proof of accuracy authenticity. So let's get into John chapter 2, the miracle the miracle at Cana, the miracle at Cana. Um, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, Jesus' mother Mary. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Notice, Jesus and his disciples were invited. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, when he said, woman... That was a respectful way to talk to uh, her during that day and age. And running out of wine at a wedding is a big deal back then, a big deal. The weddings would go for days. This could be the third day of the wedding. You know how it says the third day. That might likely be the third day of the wedding. Um, though I'm going to go up and see if I can check a real quick source on that third day and what it means. Um, the third day of, hold on. Yeah, the ESV Study Bible says this is the third day, that is two days after Jesus' encounter with Nathaniel. So it's likely two days after Jesus' encounter with Nathaniel, which was in chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. He's in Cana in Galilee. Archaeological attention is focused on the excavation site of Kerbet Cana, 8.3 miles north of Nazareth, as the most likely locale for the Roman town of Cana. So that's it, uh, just something to take note of. So they run out of they run out of wine, and Jesus says, "Woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come." His mother said to the servants, "Whatever he says to you, do it." So Jesus' mother is expecting her to do him to do something. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing twenty or thirty gallons each. These are big, twenty or thirty gallons. Uh, jugs of water, water pots. It has two or three measures, literally. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. The head waiter was a big deal at the wedding. It, it was a steward, so to speak. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, 
every man serves the good wine first. And when the people are drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Now, that's an interesting point. During that day and age, they would serve the good wine first. Then the people drink a little and they're intoxicated or something. And then they give the worst wine. And the head waiter is saying, you have saved the best wine for the last. Because Jesus turned this water into wine instantaneously and it's the best wine. Verse 11, this beginning of his, as Jesus, his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So now his disciples believed in him. Jesus is manifesting his glory through these signs. After this, he went down to Capernaum. He and his mother and his brothers and his disciples, they stayed there a few days. So his mother's with him, the disciples, and Jesus' brothers. Now we're going to see the first Passover, and Jesus cleanses the temple. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who were selling oxen, sheep, and doves, and money changers seated at their tables. And he made a scourge of cords, and he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, Take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Now, by the way, the issue is not really the selling. They always sold things in the temple like this. They always would sell the sacrifice, sacrificial offerings. The issue is they were selling for, for, for large amounts of money. Kind of like if we go to a baseball game today, <laughs> the hot dogs cost way, way, way more than a hot dog might be at a grocery store or even at a, at a basic restaurant. They're, they're basically uh, um, taking advantage of the people because these people come to the temple and they need sacrifices. And it was too far for them to bring their own. Verse 17, his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. And that's a prophecy about Jesus from Psalm 69.9. Psalm 69.9. The Jews then said to him, um, the Jews then said to him, what sign do you show us as your authority for doing these things? Jesus answered to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Now he's talking about his body there. The Jews then said, it took 46 years to build this temple and will you raise it up in three days? Now they think he's talking about Herod's temple. And verse 21 says that. But he was speaking of the temple of his body, not Herod's temple. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this and they believed the scripture and the word which he had spoken. Now, when he, has, when, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs, which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Jesus, being omniscient, being fully God and fully man, he knew what was in their hearts. And, and, and there's thoughts about maybe they had shallow faith or something. Um, so Jesus knew all men, and that's what we're seeing right here. So we're seeing the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry right here. And we're going to stop there. Have a good day in the Lord. God bless.